I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. to another episode of the Sooner Nation podcast. I am Matt Hofeld. Heartland-Sports.com is where you can find us. Flying solo again this week. And again, as usual, tons of things to talk about. The exodus from Oklahoma football continues. And now it includes a coach. Not only has a coach left the Sooner staff, but he has joined the coaching staff of, of Oklahoma's arch nemesis, the Texas Longhorns. We're going to jump into all of this and talk about what it means and really how I don't believe it's a bad thing. Players, coaches, I'll tell you what I think is going on. Uh, I also got some thoughts I want to share on Oklahoma basketball. And you know what? If time allows, got a few thoughts on the Oklahoma City Thunder as well. Again, welcome to Sooner Nation, the online podcast for Heartland Sports. Heartland-sports.com is where you can find our content, daily updates, and so forth. Thanks so much for listening and being part of, of this episode. We would love for you to do us just a quick favor and boost our rating. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to us on Spotify, if you're listening to us on iHeartRadio, wherever you're getting us, just again, thanks so much for being a part of what we do. And uh, click that five-star. That helps us immensely. So let's jump in here. Jay Bulware, Oklahoma's running backs and special teams coach, has left the program and is now the tight ends coach and special teams coach, along with getting the label like associate head coach in Austin, Texas with the Longhorns. And that's okay. I, I think, look, if Jay Bulware leaves Oklahoma and he goes to Columbia, Missouri, or if he goes to Morgantown, West Virginia, or if he goes to Starkville, Mississippi, nobody really cares that much about this transition. However, the fact that he is going to Austin, Texas, well, that makes a pretty big difference in the way Oklahoma people Uh, When I say Oklahoma people, I mean the fan base, how we feel about this transition. But here's the thing. He's been in Norman since 2013. He was hired by Bob Stoops. He initially coached tight ends and special teams for two seasons before taking over the running backs position in 2015 and continuing with special teams. But what you got to know about Jay Bulware is this. The guy's a longhorn. A lot of people don't realize that, or if they did realize that they've forgotten it, he played in 1991 and 1992 for the Texas Longhorns. I know that was a long, long time ago, and you got an entire generation, of maybe two generations, if you go by 10-year gaps, of Oklahoma fans who don't even know about the 90s, 
Oklahoma was really bad, by the way. So don't um, you don't have to do a lot of research on Oklahoma football in the 90s because that's a decade we would just rather forget unless you pick it up in 1999. But Bulware was a part of that of, of that program in Austin, Texas. He got his coaching career started in Austin, Texas, became uh, a graduate assistant for John Makovic in 1994. I think he was there for like three years. If you talk to any college football player, whether they whether they enjoyed their time, because there's there's guys who have played at particular universities and they come back 10, 15, 20 years later and they don't necessarily have fond memories of that program or that institution. But the vast majority of guys, the vast majority of guys who play college football, particularly at a high level, and look, Texas was decent in the 90s. They were better than Oklahoma was. I I got no problem saying that because it's truth. Those are the best days of your life. Those are the best four to five years. When you when you look back, you're you're gonna look back at those memories, those relationships, those moments on the field with a lot of fondness. And if you enter the coaching profession, there's nothing better than going home. Going back to where you cut your teeth, so to speak. Going back to where where it all started, where it all clicked for you. And in a nutshell, that's what Jay Bulware's doing. Now, I, I, I think you would agree with me on this by looking at Oklahoma's track record with the running backs and the special teams, particularly since 2013 with special teams, I think I think Bulware's impact was a lot bigger in the offensive backfield than it was on special teams. I mean, you, you, look, you've, you've got guys when when you talk about Oklahoma's special team success, it's going to include a lot of place kickers and punters. It's not going to include a lot of punt returners kickoff returners, guys that really make the electric plays. And so you've got you've got players like Austin Seibert who have gone through this and set records and are now off to having a fantastic career in the NFL. But I, I don't know that you're really going to miss a lot from Bowler from the any any coach can tell CeeDee Lamb, obviously he's not there anymore, but any coach can tell the punt returner, signal for a fair catch. Any coach can do that. Where this is going to really have the impact is in Oklahoma's running game with these running backs. And it is a still a deep stable of running backs. So that's where we're going to, that's where we need to watch and see what happens and what plays out whether they bring in another coach or they promote within or just reshuffle, reorganize, I can't see them not bringing in at least one more guy on this offensive staff. Still means that they may restructure some things. But that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on heading into spring football. Now, as far as the players hitting the transfer portal, that's a completely different story. 
And we got to jump into that. Whether you're an athlete, right a weekend this. warrior, or someone who just deals with constant joint pain, back pain, muscle soreness, or arthritis, finding a natural remedy that instantly works might seem non-existent. Most over-the-counter pain relievers such as Icy Hot and Bengay only focus on one basic cooling effect, which temporarily takes your mind off the pain until that pain returns in an hour or so. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while also providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze. CBD developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription triple action pain relief roll-on is specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is this 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application and relief lasts up to 8 hours, much longer than the -the over-the-counter products. It's super easy to throw in your gym bag and take on the go for emergency pain relief. You simply just roll it on wherever it hurts and ice out the pain with an Arctic Blast. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter the code OVERTIME to take advantage of this incredible savings. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com and enter the promo code OVERTIME to get 20% off CryoFreeze and site-wide. CryoFreeze is an advanced pain relief product line that was inspired by cryotherapy, which means cold therapy. The treatment exposes the body to cold temperatures in order to numb and reduce pain or inflammation. Professional athletes such as PGA Pro Kyle Stanley use this type of cryotherapy on a regular basis. The real secret behind CryoFreeze Pain Relief Roll-On is its two leading-edge pain relief ingredients. CBD, known for its unique therapeutic effect on cellular pain receptors, and menthol for its soothing sensation to pain. CryoFreeze. Pain relief roll-on can be used four times a day, and again, it works within 10 minutes of the application, improving physical training, recovery, performance, and so it supports more comfortable sports activity. So if you're looking to relieve your muscle and joint pain within 15 minutes and you need a natural yet powerful solution that is tested and works, try CryoFreeze Pain Relief Roll-On. This quick, absorbent, scientifically-backed formula provides pain relief instantly. And if pro athletes use it, well, it must work, right? Remember, go to omaxhealth.com today. Enter the code OVERTIME to take advantage of this incredible savings. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com and enter the code OVERTIME to get 20% off of CryoFreeze and items. You know, let me, let me say just one more thing about Jay Bulware, and then I'm going to move on to the players in the portal. Because there is speculation out there, and I don't know if it's right or it's wrong. And the truth is nobody knows if it's right or it's wrong. But it's speculation. It's it's for people to talk about, and that's exactly what we're doing. There's speculation that Boulware either saw the writing on the wall, that Lincoln Riley wanted to make a change at the running back's position coach, or he was straight up told – to look for a new job. And and I'm not saying that wasn't the case. I'm not saying that conversation never happened. Either one of those. But I'm also not saying that it did. The fact is, we don't know what went down in private meetings with Lincoln Riley 
and Jay Bulware. We don't know if there was something that Bulware was unhappy about. It makes sense. It just makes sense that he would want to go back home. This is a, an Oklahoma program that has dominated the Big 12. No, I'm not just talking the five years. This is a fantastic five-year run. It's so it's so good. If you want to look at how good Oklahoma has been in the last five years, that now opponents, fans of teams within the conference, are starting to say, well, it's just not the good of a conference. If Oklahoma can win it, it's not that good of a conference. Do you realize what you're doing with that argument? Joe Texas fan who's saying, well, yeah, Oklahoma's winning the Big 12 Conference just because it's not that good. You're admitting your team's not that good. You're admitting that you're wrong every time you said, hey, Texas is back. Well, no, they weren't. Because if Oklahoma's not dominating the Big 12, that's a good conference. They're dominating the Big 12 that is a a weak, watered-down, no-good conference. Then Texas was never back. That's what you're saying. That's the point you're making. But that's not true. Because Joe Texas fan is also going to tell you to look at the Sugar Bowl. Joe Texas fan is also going to tell you to look at the Alamo Bowl and how good Texas is in the postseason. And you can't have it both ways. So why would you want to leave a a program? Think about this. Since Jay Bulware joined this Oklahoma football coaching staff in 2013, he's been a part of more Big 12 championships than Texas has across the board. Why would you leave that? Well, there's only one or two reasons. The the allure of going back to the guy, to the place where you spent your college days, where you had your gridiron glory as a player. And to be a part of that program that would always be special to you. Or you're told to leave. I think this is a bigger deal, honestly. Like I said, I I, I said this earlier. If if Bulware goes to Missouri or somewhere else and takes a step-down position... And, and again, Joe Texas fan is about to be offended right here. But facts are facts. Truth is truth. Going from Oklahoma to Texas at this point in time is a step down. It is what it is. Congratulations on the Alamo Bowl win. Congratulations on winning the Sugar Bowl last year. But the reality is... Moving from Oklahoma to Texas, 100% is not a step up. 100% is not a step up. It's not even a lateral move. At this point in time, 
when you've got a program that has for a decade has averaged four losses a season and you're coming from a program that perennially wins the conference championship, hey, keep your sugar bowl. It's a step down. But the allure of going home, I think I, I, that's what I think. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with anybody who's gonna say that Bullware was asked to look around. Okay, if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. I know what I believe. And when you look at his comments, this was a pretty smooth transition. And he said, "Hey, I've been watching. I, this is I've been watching them since the day I left." By the way, he left 23 years ago. I've been watching since the day I left. And I've always had it in my mind that I would come back someday and help Texas. That's where he is. Now, as far as the players in the portal, yeah, you 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 look at it and you have to raise an eyebrow. There's no, I mean, you have to raise an eyebrow. You, you look at this and you go, huh? But is it really that unexpected? I don't think it is. In fact, I've been saying since, since they fired Mike Stoops, I've been saying this. And if you're one of those people that listens week in and week out again, we appreciate you so much. We appreciate you immensely. But you've heard me say this. Oklahoma defensively needs player personnel turnover. Changing the coach was never going to be good enough. And it hasn't been good enough. Was there improvement? Yes. There was vast improvement. And that's all on coaching. That's, that's, that's finding a way to use a guy to the strength that he has as a player. That's finding a way to use a system and put a guy in it. And that's finding a way to motivate guys to work and do the extra things that are needed in an effort to improve. It is focusing on improvement. It is admitting the weakness. And you saw that happen in the spring of last year, in the summer of last year, and Oklahoma reaped the benefits of it in the fall of last year. But player personnel had to change. There had to be turnover because you have a bunch of guys on this team. You had a bunch of guys on this team that were told one thing when they came to Norman, Mike Stoops left. And then Alex Grinch shows up, and it's a totally different story. There is no entitlement on this Oklahoma defense. And yes, there had been entitlement prior to that. There's no guarantees of playing time and position groups and death chart assignments. No guarantees of that. What you get from Alex Grinch is what you earn. And this was a defense that nobody really has the opportunity to refute this. This was a defense that had become soft in as much as if you just, you got in there and you punched them in the face, 
they're going to they're going to back away. They're not going to bow up. They were going to back away. And we saw that time and time again. And the flaw that you saw in 2019 with this defense, it was not a flaw in the schematics. It was not a flaw in the 11 guys that are on the field at any given time. The flaw was at depth. Defensive depth was the issue there. And that played out. It reared its ugly head, however you want to say it. The whole world saw that in the Peach Bowl. Defensive depth was a big, big issue. Now, if Oklahoma's got their starters, DTL's not injured, you know, you don't have suspensions. Does Oklahoma beat LSU? No, I don't think so. I think LSU was the best team in the country. But I also don't think Oklahoma gets run rolled against LSU. And I've seen everything. I mean, look, we're, as fans, you know, fan is short for fanatic, right? That's what we are. We're pretty fanatical. And in our fandom, we say things and feel things and have emotions that go beyond normal. So you've got people out there actually saying, well, Mike Stoops would have had a better defensive game plan. Listen, the reason why there had to be a turnover in player personnel is because Mike Stoops had lost them. And and the the culture there was all about the players and the players getting what they want. And the players were setting the tone and not the coaches. So there had to be a turnover for that reason right there. And and you didn't see this defense improve after Mike Stoops left. And everybody said they were, oh, they love Ruffin McNeil. They'll play better for Ruffin McNeil. No. This defense got worse after Mike Stoops left. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline had to be turnover. And in doing so, you've got guys who aren't winning starting jobs. You've got guys who have to compete after they've already thought they were, quote, earned something. And you got a lot of guys who just said, you know what, I'm, I'm moving on. Now, before we jump into that specifically, because I'm going to give you some examples of that. I think it's, I definitely think it's worth noting that the transfer portal, which we seem to collectively hate as Oklahoma fans, just seems that way. The transfer portal has been better for Oklahoma than it has. I mean, it, it's helped. It's been if Oklahoma has benefited from the transfer portal more than they have been hurt from it. Jalen Hurts. Product of the transfer portal. 
Theo Howard on campus right now, product of the transfer portal. And I, I do, I realize there's a big group of people out there. I still don't understand it. There's a big group of people out there who say, well, we don't need Theo Howard. And they're not super happy that Theo Howard is there. Let me tell you something. Theo Howard is going to make a difference on this roster. What he brings in in leadership, what he brings in in experience, and what he brings in physically with his speed is going to be a benefit on this roster. Oklahoma got better because of Theo Howard. Oklahoma got better because of Jalen Hurts. And the argument that, well, they got Spencer Rattler, that's what, you know, I always do that voice. The argument that they got Spencer Rattler, the argument that they they have all these young guys at receivers, which they do, and how super talented they are. And we don't need Theo Howard. We didn't need Jalen Hurts because we got these guys. Well, those guys are going to be good. I really believe. I, I don't think there's a, a, a man amongst that crop of receivers that can't find their way into the NFL. I don't think we're going, to, we're going to get four years of playing time out of Spencer Rattler. But what I do believe and strongly feel this way, Oklahoma was a better team with Jalen Hurts than they would have been with Spencer Rattler as a true freshman. And in 2020, Oklahoma will be a better team with Theo Howard than they would have been without him. Now, that said, those are two big-time gets for Oklahoma out of the transfer portal. And I would challenge you. I would challenge you. As we get all on our high horses, we get all upset about coaches and transfer portals. Find me a name in the transfer portal that's leaving Oklahoma. Find me a name equal to the value of a Jalen Hurts and equal to the value of Theo Howard. You can't do it. And because you can't do it, I'm sticking to my guns to say that the transfer portal has been better for Oklahoma. The Sooners have had more benefit from the transfer portal than they've been hurt from it. Okay, so Oklahoma, by my count, currently has 11 players in the transfer portal. 11 players who are looking to go play college football elsewhere. Of those 11 players, two of them are on the offensive side of the ball. They're both receivers. And when you look at what Oklahoma has at the receiving core right now and what they're bringing in, this Mim kid, this Mims kid, I'm telling you, it's going to be special. I, it's a no-brainer. Michael Jones is going to go somewhere else. Yeah, at this level, you want to play, especially if you're like Jones, who's been on the field before. You want more of that. But you flip over to the defensive side of the ball. And it's just no, I mean, it is, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to guess on this. It's not a coincidence that the majority of this exodus is on the defensive side of the ball. You got two defensive linemen. You got two linebackers. And you've got five defensive backs. 
And I think, again, I think this is nothing more than turnover and personnel. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, just banging the drum here or beating a dead horse. There, there are multiple reasons why. There are multiple reasons why players enter the transfer portal. But the underlining principle of going into the transfer portal is to better your position in college football. That's why Baker Mayfield left Texas Tech to better his position. He had a great career one year, I guess, in Lubbock as a true freshman. He set records, felt like he earned a spot, wasn't offered a scholarship, wasn't committed to going into the bowl game, decided to go somewhere else where he could better his position. Jalen Hurts, one season left. Was the backup. Tua was going to be there. He wasn't going to be the starting quarterback in Alabama. Better his position. And I, when you look at guys like Jonathan Perkins, you look at guys like Levi Draper, two of the, line, the two linebackers, is that not what they're doing? Regardless of what the overall reason is, isn't it not they feel like they can better their position somewhere else? And think about Jonathan Perkins. Just for a second, think about him. Think about Levi Japer. Not saying these guys are not talented. Perkins was a part of the 2019 class. He committed in April of 2018, signed in 2019. But you saw what you saw this year, both for Levi Draper and Jonathan Perkins, you saw the rise of a guy like Nick Bonito. And you you see the youth of this of that guy. You see Caleb Kelly coming back. And you just you, you, you look at what's going on with this team and what's being demanded of these guys on the defensive side of the ball. And it comes down to this. Do you feel like you can do everything possible and play at the University of Oklahoma? Some guys feel like, you know what? I can do everything these coaches are asking me to do, and I don't have a problem with it. But I don't think I'm going to get on the field. I, I don't think I'm going to beat out Nick Benito. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, look, it, it gets rid of a guy who doesn't think he's going to beat out another guy. And it opens up the opportunity for Alex Grinch to get more players more uh, along the lines of what he's looking for. This defense will get better once the roster turns over completely to Alex Grinch's guys. And having 11 guys in that defense that are in the transfer portal? Hey, that only speeds up the process. 
you look at guys like Starlin Baldwin, Miguel Edwards, Jordan Parker, all these corners, Ryan Jones, a safety. And, and you think about the struggles that Oklahoma had with injuries, the struggles that Oklahoma had at the cornerback position in 2018 and going into 2019. And if those guys couldn't get on the field with through all of that, what was the problem? Was it a mental issue where they just they don't have the mentality that Alex Grinch wants them to have? They haven't made that transition. Was it a physical issue where they just physically are not capable of doing what these defensive coaches wanted them to do? Or was it an attitude issue? Regardless of the issue, these, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not bagging on these guys. Ryan Jones was a four-star prospect. Jordan Parker, a four-star prospect. And he's going to leave, Parker's going to leave and have immediate eligibility for somebody. So will Michael Jones. But find me a guy, when you, when you look at this list, find me a superstar. Find me a superstar that Oklahoma's really going to miss. I don't know that he's there. I really don't. Ryan Jones is still a young guy. He's got time. Jordan Parker's been injury prone. Miguel Edwards, we never saw him. I mean, it, it is what it is, guys. And I don't think... I, I, look, there's there's two ways to look at it. Like, like anything else in life, you optimistic or pessimistic, Okay. The glass is half full. The glass is half empty. I choose to believe it's half full. And this is the reason why. Oklahoma lost Brendan Radley Hiles in the Peach Bowl due to ejection. Oklahoma was already without Delarian Turner yell due to a broken collarbone. And Ryan Jones didn't sniff the field. It, it, and under those circumstances, you think that maybe when your when your depth takes a huge hit, that maybe you know four star recruits should have a go at it, right? But he didn't. Didn't do it. When Buki left, you went to a true freshman. All that to say is this. New coaches, new demands, new expectations. You either meet the expectations or you don't. You either want to or you don't. You want to be a part of the culture change or you don't. That's all there is to it. It really is that simple. And some guys, some guys have taken advantage of this and worked it out to the to their to benefit them in Norman. Neville Gallimore made money this year. Kenneth Murray 
made money this year. Brendan Rally Hiles showed, hey, I'm I'm fully on board with what's going on right now this year. Now, we we could talk about his targeting penalty and that decision in the Peach Bowl. That's a different conversation, but it doesn't mean he's not on board with what's going on. It doesn't mean he hasn't bought into this Grinch system. Just means he's young, means he's immature, means he made a mistake. But he's also showing maturity and a willingness to to learn from these mistakes. He's given he's given every indication, every sign that he's on board, that he has bought in. Some guys choose to really use the change, use the benefit, and and use the change as a benefit. And better their situation. Parnell Motley. I keep talking about Parnell Motley. Do you you remember how much people wanted to not see Parnell Motley on the field? Hey, we got Miguel Edwards. We got Starlin Baldwin. Let's not put Parnell Motley on the field. Let's give these other guys the opportunity. Parnell Motley took advantage of new coaches, a new scheme, and a new philosophy and had the best year of his career in college. Parnell Motley went from a guy, honestly, honestly, he went from a guy in 2018 who was undraftable to a guy who's going to get a look. I think he's going to get drafted. I don't think I mean I don't think he's going to be a first rounder. But hey, you hear your name called the NFL draft, that is the dream of every college football player. He took advantage of the situation. He took advantage of the change. And some guys look at that whole thing and they deem that it's not worth it. And you've got 11 of them right now. 11 of them saying, you know what? For whatever reason, I feel like I can better myself, put myself in a better situation somewhere else. And all I'm saying is this, guys. That's okay. Because there's still bodies on campus. The 2020 recruiting cycle is not over with yet. There's JUCOs out there that are available. There's other guys in the portal that are available. Oklahoma can add the depth back. And not only can they add it back, they can add it back with guys that fit and believe in and are bought in from day one to what Alex Grinch is selling. And that right there, just that that one thing right there is all the world in terms of value. I think it's a good thing. And I'm sticking to my guns on that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, then let's uh, let's close out with some with some thoughts on basketball. I, I think I have a 
I think I'm going to say something that's probably not going to set well with um, that's not going to set well with our Oklahoma City Thunder fans. Now we have two guys that uh, we have with Heartland Sports that are fantastic in what they do, and like me with Oklahoma football, they're they're fans first when it comes to the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball organization. So I've got some thoughts there. I just want to share, and it may not I just just sh- throwing out a warning. It may not set well. But let's start with Oklahoma basketball. The Sooners ended a two-game losing streak in conference by just blowing the doors off a of TCU in Norman on Saturday. Not for sure when you're going to catch this episode of the of the Sooner Nation podcast, but huge game coming up, huge challenge coming up for Oklahoma Monday night when they go to number two Baylor. Uh, and play there. Now, following that game in Waco, I believe sets up a really important stretch of games for Oklahoma. You've got Mississippi State, you've got at Kansas State, and you've got Oklahoma State before you go to Lubbock against Texas Tech. I think Oklahoma has a chance to go 3-0 and in that stretch. You've already edged out Kansas State in Norman. You can pick up that road win there. I think this is a better basketball team than they were a couple weeks ago when they beat Kansas State to open up Big 12 play. Now, Kansas State's coming off a huge win over West Virginia. But if you've listened and what I've said about West Virginia, West Virginia is a team that's still trying to figure out how to shoot the ball. Like Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a team trying to figure out how to make baskets. And they played Baylor pretty tough in Stillwater. That was a physical game for the Bears. But the Bears are the number two team in the country for a reason. Mississippi State at Kansas State at Oklahoma State. I think worst case scenario for the Sooners, the the worst thing you want to do is split that in a two to one type thing. You gotta you gotta win two of those games, and you should be in position to win all three of them. Because after that stretch, here's why it's important. After that stretch, you've got at Texas Tech, West Virginia, and then Iowa State. And those are three games where, honestly, you're probably going to be the underdog. Oh, yeah, who's after Iowa State? You go to Lawrence, Kansas. So four games where you're probably going to be the underdog. Who's after Kansas? Baylor in Norman. Five games where you're probably going to be the underdog. You're sitting at 12 and five right now in the season. I still think you got to realistically pick up at least seven, but truthfully, eight more wins. This this stretch coming up for Oklahoma is a huge stretch for them. I, you know, I haven't changed my opinion on the Sooners. I've had them as a tournament team. I still view them as a tournament team. I said after they went 0-2, after starting 2-0 in conference play, I said it's not time to hit the panty button yet. I still don't believe it. And I think they proved that with a 20-point win on Saturday. But now they get to go out and prove their merit over the next four games. 
Huge challenge in Waco, Texas on Monday night. Huge opportunity the three games following that. So let's talk Thunder basketball. Oklahoma City, you look, I, I keep, I always have to preface this, okay, because the Thunder guys are going to throw this out at me. And it's true. I'm not a Thunder fan. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm a Thunder hater, but I'm not a Thunder fan. Now, all that said, Oklahoma City has been quite impressive this season. What they have done, look, it's, I, I'm, I'm with you, whether you're a fan or not. I've, I've not talked to anybody yet who follows professional basketball as a fan of this team or a combination of both. I've yet to talk to somebody who says, yeah, the Thunder are exactly what I expected them to be. That guy is not out there because Oklahoma City is exceeding expectations. 24-19 on the season, five games above 500. They just beat Portland. But here's here's the thing I want to just throw out there. It doesn't, it's not going to take away from their accomplishments. It's not saying that they're not better than advertised. It's not saying the future isn't bright for Oklahoma City. It's just one little speck of truth that we have to add in here. And that is the West is really not that good. And Oklahoma City has been the benefactor of a good schedule. Will that change going into February? I don't know. But you look at the West, you're led by the Los Angeles Lakers at 34 and 8. I don't know that I believe that the Lakers are the best team in the West right now, but they, I, I, well, okay. I'm going to back away from this. I'm going to pump the brakes. They've got the best record in the West, but I'm going to throw this out there. I'm just going to say it, and then you guys can send me all the hate tweets you want because I am a Clippers fan. And I'm just going to point out that the Lakers are 0-2 against the Clippers this season. Even though the Clippers are number three in the West right now, I'm just going to point that out there. The Lakers are 0-2 against the Clippers. But you get down and you find Oklahoma City number seven in the West. And they're only three games behind the Houston Rockets. Now remember, Houston's supposed to be, Houston's not supposed to be sitting at number six. Houston's supposed to be up there somewhere in that top four. The Utah Jazz have kind of taken that spot that the Houston Rockets should be owning right now. The Jazz sit at 29 and 13. Half a game behind the Clippers. But somewhere Houston's supposed to be in there. But when you get to the eighth seed, which right now is Memphis, if the playoffs were to start today, and I understand, listen, Thunder guys, (laughs) I understand. Playoff doesn't start today. But if it did, 
If it did, Memphis at the eighth seed would be in the playoff with a losing record. What does that tell you? If you if you can't have eight teams in your conference with a winning record, it tells you the conference isn't really that great. Now, I know people are going to shoot over to the East and they're going to be, oh, well, look at the East. Milwaukee's dominating. Yes. And I, I get the seven and eight teams in the East right now are losing records. But the West, for the last, you know, six, seven years, the West has been ahead of the East as a whole. When you When you look at the conference from top to bottom, the West has stacked as a better conference than the East. And I feel like it's a little bit closer this year than what it has been in a long time. And so why I, I look at Oklahoma City, I'm not a hater. Everything, there's the way I view it. I'm from Oklahoma City, okay? Whenever the Thunder do good, that benefits my home. It benefits where I'm from. Thunder make the playoff. Guess what? That's an economy booster from my home city. Thunder pull off a big upset over the Clippers like they did. Everyone's talking about it. You know what? They're talking about where I live. I love that. I don't hate the Thunder. I don't cheer against the Thunder unless they're playing the Clippers. But I'm going to be realistic here about the Thunder. I'm slowing down just a little bit on my optimism because I look at how the schedule stacks up February and beyond. And I also look at the standings in the West and I think this is a team where Portland underperforming compared to expectations. Houston underperforming compared to expectations. New Orleans underperforming compared to expectations. Minnesota underperforming compared to expectations. Golden State right now, worst team in the West, underperforming compared to expectations. How would that how would that change going through the second half of the season? And if it does change, and Oklahoma City falls out of those top one of those top eight spots, guess what? It's still okay. Because they've already done better than anybody expected them to do. Right? Let's celebrate that. Hey, thanks so much for listening and being part of the show. We'd love for we'd love for you to send us your feedback. You can hit us up, uh, heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com. Heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com. You can also catch us on Twitter, at Sports Heartland on Twitter, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. Thanks for t- participating in the show. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Boomer Sooner.